All right, Brent, here we are live again for the Fat Boys Dynasty podcast coming at you on the Fantasy Holics YouTube channel via the Fantasy Holics podcast network. Last week we did a Dynasty Buys episode and we kind of touched a little bit of base on the, the coaching carousel and, and things getting ready for the playoffs. Playoffs have come and went. We've had some massive upsets. Both the uh, NFC East teams and the Cowboys and Eagles uh, both just got absolutely dismantled after pretty good seasons by both of those teams. Saw C.J. Stroud continue those rookie heroics uh, in Houston. Um, it, it's kind of funny. We were talking about it a little bit at work, Brent, but the, the NFC quarterback list of Brock Purdy, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, um, and then Jared Goff is just kind of underwhelming, and then you go to the other side of it, and it's just a star-studded, um, you know, C.J. Stroud, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. So, um, you know, it's just – Tale of two different worlds there, uh, but we had some good football last week, and I, I'm sure you're excited for more playoffs this week. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was good, good, uh, good, uh, good games last week. Uh, that Rams and uh, Lions game definitely lived up to the the hype of you know the revenge games and everything else. That was a great game to watch. Uh, seeing honestly, seeing Baker come out and the way he played um, down the stretch of the season and, and into that game last or uh, the other night. It was really good. It was it was good to see Baker get back on track. Um, I know he's had a rough time, and and we we talk about it all the time. You know that he's all washed up and everything else. But it was good to see him do something um, and, and move forward. And, and Jordan Love showing that the, apparently the Packers don't ever go away um, as much as I needed them to this year a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it was good. You saw Detroit move on. Uh, you saw C.J. Stroud bring Houston back to relevancy, um, and, and then they're moving forward and. and they could be in for a huge upset this week. I think they do give Baltimore game. I still don't think they got enough to beat them, but I do think that they could give them a good game. Yeah, it'll definitely be another really exciting weekend of football. Um, definitely see some of these quarterbacks get their dues, including Jordan Love, who at the beginning of the season, a lot of people were down on him, Brant, but here he is still going in the playoffs uh, where some of the bigger name guys are at home. So. Uh, this week, we're coming at you with some dynasty sales, potentially some hot takes, some names that you guys might be like, whoa, why would I sell that player? But we'll give you some reasons too, Brant. You ready to get into this? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get our bibs on. Let's eat. Brant, we're still just getting to like the tip of the iceberg in the offseason. You know, we're still we're still waiting to crown a Super Bowl champ. We're still waiting to, to, to see the rest of these playoffs shake out. The quarterback or the coaching carousel is yet to take shape. We haven't had anybody hired. I, I'm still thinking Antonio Pierce 
uh, or excuse me, Gerard Mayo to the to the Patriots did happen. But I still think Antonio Pierce is going to be the next one announced. Um, so we still have a lot of dominoes to fall there. But yet it's it's still the appropriate time in a dynasty landscape to try to get ahead of your competition. And the best way to do that is to buy players low, like we talked about last week, and then to sell potentially high on some players before some value dips. And sometimes, Brant, that's a bad, leaves a bad taste in our mouths. You've watched me do that in our uh, home dynasty league. Um, I drafted a team that was pretty fun pretty early with Eckler and Kamara and, and, and some other players there. And I traded them off and early it hurt me. And, uh, you know, but but you wait too long to like now. And I wonder what Eckler's value is in comparison to what I traded him for two years ago uh, or a year ago. Um so it, it's it's one of those things. It's a constant revolving door. We kind of talk about that age number for wide receivers, that 31, 32 age um, running backs. It's usually towards the beginning of their second contract um, because we are we don't see running backs get a long shelf life anymore, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and those are some of the easiest ones to go out and buy and go out and sell. Uh, we talked about a, a few on there. I, I want to put this out there that you and me both hit on this. It's no longer a buy low. I want to put this name out there. If you can sneak Rasheed Rice, go sneak Rasheed Rice in all dynasties as of right now. This kid is going to be a star. He looked phenomenal last week. Um, unfortunately, neither one of us fat boys had him in the buys because of how good he was. But if you can sneak him, go sneak him out. I, I think a big reason I didn't have him anywhere, Brent, is because I kind of own him in a lot of leagues where I are, where I want him. So, uh, I, you know, he's he's not somebody I'm moving. But I think we may talk about that situation a little bit later here in this this episode. But let's get straight into this. Let's start talking about some of these dynasty sell high guys. Go ahead and take us off, Brent, with your first one. This one's not a sell high guy. This is a consistency guy. This is Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. JSN is in town now. Tyler Lockett's getting older. He's contemplated retiring. He said he put out a tweet earlier this year that he wanted to be retired by the time he was 30. Here he is, 31. Uh, last year, he finished as wide receiver 32. He had uh, 200 fantasy points, uh, 79 receptions. Um, but, I mean, in his career, he's had one, two, three, four, five, six years of his nine. He's been over uh, top 15 wide out, 15 or better uh, wide out in PPR. Um Excuse me. Last year was a little down to your form, but I still think that with the name value and, and his consistency, if people look at, at how he did, I really think you could probably still steal him for a second or sell him out for a, a late second, maybe third round draft pick. You're not going to get much, but if this man retires, you're going to want to try to get everything you can. This may be your last chance to get anything out of Tyler Lockett. Um, so sell him off. I hate saying that he was great in Seattle. I absolutely loved him for the franchise, but now's the time to get out from underneath him. 31 years old. He's already talked about retirement In hindsight, they've already drafted his replacement. It's time to get out from underneath him. You're not going to get the bank for him, but you still can get something for him. Yeah. And I think, I think the important thing with the Tyler Lockett thing to talk about too, Brent is Tyler Lockett's been one of those guys that's been underappreciated in fantasy circles for quite a while, similarly to Adam Thielen. You know, it's a guy that gets drafted later than he should every year, produces better than his draft stock does every year. Uh, and then at the offseason, it's like we're, we're just stuck looking at him going, I don't like the way this looks on my roster. He's getting old. But I, I do think you're right. There's rumblings that Seattle may have a quarterback change this offseason. We don't know mm -hmm. what the coaching staff's going to want to do there. Um, you know, and if you guys go with a younger coach and – you know, potentially decide to go younger at quarterback. 
then it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for Tyler Lockett to stick around. Maybe maybe it makes sense for for him to ride off into the sunset, let JSN start developing chemistry with that young quarterback, um, and and you know go from there. So it's really going to be interesting to see how this offseason you know plays out. If you guys go after a veteran you know play caller, maybe you you stick around. And Shane Waldron ends up at Dan Quinn comes back. Maybe that changes things. But I I, I could see Tyler Lockett hanging it up this offseason still. Well, we can't get much older in the coaching tree there. We can't get much older there. If we do, we probably might be doing some illegal sh- stuff to dig a few things up. Uh, oh, but yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that uh, I think it is time for uh, Lockett to hang him up. Uh, I know he wants to retire as a Seahawk, so I don't think he wants to go anywhere else. There was rumblings of him being moved last off season, so I really think that now's the time. Um, he does great with the community. He does a lot of community stuff there in Seattle, so I don't see him wanting to leave that community. Okay. All right, Brent. I'm going to go ahead and move us on here, and I'm going to, you know, fair warn everybody right off the jump here. I'm not pulling any punches with my dynasty cells. These guys are guys that are coveted guys, but I think they're going to fetch you a, a decent premium this year, and I do think the bottom starts to drop out on all three of these players moving into the very near future. So I'm going to start off with my only running back I have, Brent. And that's Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I didn't realize how well Tony Pollard did finish. All I could think about was his long stretch and no touchdowns um, that you were lucky enough to to break the curse on uh, on the the Fat Boys Live on Sunday mornings this year when he called for a touchdown and he scored. Um, But he did end up finishing his RB14 in, in PPR scoring this year, so a lot better than most of us thought. However, his stock soared through the roof last year, if you remember right, Brent. He was getting drafted like early to mid-second round. Uh, people were trading all kinds of good assets for him, you know, early rookie picks. Um, you know, um, everybody wanted Tony Pollard last year, basically. And he ended up being okay. But here's the problem I have with Tony Pollard, Brent. First and foremost, this is like, what, year three that the Dallas Cowboys have had a damn good regular season. They get to the playoffs and they get bounced first round. Um, if, I, if I remember right, I saw something, and I could be way off here, so don't. if there's any Cowboy fans watching, don't, don't shoot me. Uh, but I do believe they haven't won a playoff game since 1999. Is that is that right, am I, am, or am I crazy with that? You're crazy because Dak is 2-5 okay. and five in postseason. I did see that okay. earlier on ESPN. He is 2-5 and five in his postseason, okay. but I believe his two wins – this is going to take you off the pollard a little bit. His two wins are against teams that probably shouldn't have made the playoffs those years. So, okay, okay. so he's got so so they they won a little bit more recently. But anyway, Jerry Jones is not getting any younger, so it, it doesn't change my thing. Jerry Jones wants to win a championship, right? They haven't done it since the nineties. It's every year, Cowboys fans. This is our year. We're going to go do it this year, uh, and they come up short. I could see the Cowboys being massive players for a Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley style running back to run this offense back and just go all out for a championship next year. If they sign one of those guys, Tony Pollard falls back to the exclusive pass catching work that he was kind of doing um, with Zeke Elliott in town, which could be good for, for, for Tony Pollard as far as production, but not so much for fantasy. This guy went 12 consecutive or 12 weeks of the season without a touchdown rant. And not one receiving score from Tony Pollard this year, which is one of the reasons he's been so exciting and enticing to own in PPR landscapes is because of that pass catching work that he does do. Um, so, you know, again, I think this could be one of those situations where the Cowboys look to upgrade that running back room a little bit and you end up bringing in one of these established, you know, bang for your buck veterans. And I think you see Tony Pollard's value decrease. So you sell him based on the fact that, hey, 
Uh, you know, he's the only running back in town that is worth anything. Um, RB14 finish, PPR work. And you sell him off before free agency starts because once once guys like Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs sign, Tony Pollard loses all value in, in trades in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. This is a guy that you definitely got to get out from underneath uh, here shortly. I, I agree 100% with you. They're going to, in my mind, they're going to be huge factors in the uh, running back market or drafting a running back, uh, somebody mm-hmm. that can help this offense. Um, I think they may, may be players in the, some QB markets if something doesn't change there with Dak. Uh, great season quarterback, not a postseason guy. But Tony Pollard, in my mind, he lost I – mean, during that stretch, he lost all all relevancy and fantasy during that time, but then he started to pick it back up at the end. So, absolutely, you could still probably sneak out a first or second-round draft pick for this guy just because, namesake, he's the only one there. He's the only one that touches the ball a whole lot. But low-key, you saw Rico – Rico start to come in a little bit um, in that offense. So there was other people stealing some touches near the end of the year. But Tony's the guy that that, that if you don't get out from underneath him, you're going to be sitting there going, man, I can't even start this guy anymore. Yeah. And, and it, again, it's one of those things you dynasty. The landscape is tough, right? You have to move on from players before the, bo- the, bo- the bottom drops out and they have no value. Otherwise, you're stuck with a roster that's just old and you know, roster dismay that you can't upgrade or, or, or make better. So sometimes you got to move these players before it's too late. I think that's the case with Tony Pollard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so you talk about a guy that we, that we need to move on from. And um, I'm going to go into a guy that, that uh, you spoke of earlier this year, and you may have been just a little bit ahead of the curve of getting rid of him, selling him off. And I'm going with DJ Moore is my sell this season. This offseason finished as wide receiver six, five foot 11, 210 pounds. He had 1,364 yards, 96 receptions, and he had eight touchdowns this year. Um, he's been over a thousand yards receiving in all but two years of his career. He plays, he hasn't missed very many games in his career, but now's the time to sell him. And here's why you're talking about a guy that is in Chicago. 26 years old. I'm in Chicago. I'm the number one guy. Well, what's Chicago doing? New offensive coordinators coming in. Possibly a new quarterback's coming in. If a new quarterback isn't, you got Marvin Harrison Jr. probably coming to town. Regardless, there's going to be so much change in that offense during this offseason that nobody knows what that's going to look like next year. And now's your chance. And I still think that the wide receiver six could still get you a late first-round draft pick um, to move into there. Um, with some people because he was very, very serviceable all year. He was great PPR, but the sh- you got to do this before the NFL draft because if you don't, the- he's going to put a whole lot of value regardless of what happens. You put a new quarterback in there, and a rookie wide receiver, they're going to start working together and develop chemistry. DJ Moore can be out in the dust and move to wide receiver two territory or wide receiver three territory by the end of this offseason. Yeah, so uh, real quick. What I did look up is the Cowboys have won four playoff games since 1999. That's that's where the 1999 came in. Only four. Okay. Not good. Not good for a franchise like that. Now getting into this DJ Moore thing, Brent. I want to throw caution to you. Last time I brought up DJ Moore on this show in a bad light, I got roasted for it. And here's the thing, Brent. Part of being in this business is having to be able to be able to change and adapt to things. I was wrong on DJ Moore at the time. I admit that I was wrong. Um, but he absolutely is one of the best sell-high candidates of the offseason. 
the, there's so many rumors out there that the, the Bears want to add more weapons on offense, whether it is Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Malik Neighbors, Rome at, at the 10 pick. Whatever these guys do, there's a chance they add weapons that could push DJ Moore down the pecking order. Um, it, whether Justin Fields is there or it's Caleb Williams, the targets are probably going to be down for DJ Moore next year because Cole Komet's still going to get targets or still going to get whatever this rookie wide receiver is, is going to get targets. Um, so yeah, and again, DJ Moore's coming off. What is, I think this last season was his career best year, if I'm not mistaken, Brant. Um, so he's coming off the best year of his career. Perfect time to sell high the value you could get for him. Imagine Brant in a dynasty. Let me just ask you this, the pick, pick one Oh three. Okay. Dynasty pick one Oh three. You got you're probably looking at chances of, of still potentially Brock Bowers there. Malik Neighbors may be there. Rome may be there. Um, Blake Corum potentially, whatever running back you fancy in this class, or DJ Moore. Which one would you rather have? Hold up, because you're you're missing one person that could still be there in the super flex leagues, and you're talking Marvin Harrison Jr. could be sitting could there be. and finishing. Could be. I'm taking almost could every be. single name. You I'm Malik, I'm taking over. Rome, I'm taking over. Uh Marvin Harrison, I'm taking over. Quorum, I got to do a little more research on before I, I, I'm high on him. Uh, I haven't dug into the uh, running backs too well, but a lot th those three names, I'm definitely I'm taking over DJ Moore. The youth is there, mm -hmm. the the ability to, to turn into the number ones there. I'm definitely taking those. Guess what? 2025, there's another wide receiver coming out of Ohio State that I probably would take in front of him too. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that name. He went back this year. He's going to be the number one. And I think I probably would take the 2025 first round draft pick with hopes of getting him in my next year. And I didn't mean to discredit. I left out Keon Coleman as well at Florida State. Yeah, that was my absolutely bad. another one. But again, this is not to say DJ Moore underperformed because I said he was a sell high candidate or a sell off candidate back in what like week five or six when I, a lot of stuff was coming garbage time, and he just continued to where he left off at that point. But the, again. It's one of those things where if you hold on to him next year and you want him to replicate what he did this year, the chances of him having that season again are almost nil because you're going to have a better wide receiver two or one in that offense. You could potentially have a different quarterback. You're going to have a different offensive coordinator. Like There's a lot of writing on the wall that says this is not replicable, replicatable for a guy like DJ Moore. And so for that reason and that reason alone, it's a sell high time. You let somebody else worry about that. You get yourself something to, to look forward to for the future. Absolutely. And, and up until this year, he has never been a top 15 wide receiver in dynasty or in fantasy PPR formats. His next highest was 16. Yes, he's been in wide receiver two range. Guess what? He's only finished inside wide receiver one range once in his career, and that was last year. This guy, you've got to get out from underneath. Yes, you got the great, you got the great year of him last year, but you got to get rid of him now before it goes away. Okay, you want to talk about a wide receiver, Brant, who's been uh, top fifteen quite a bit in his career. This is another one I personally caught a lot of crap for in the offseason when I said <laughs> I didn't think this guy would make the top ten this year, um, and that's Cooper Cup of the Los Angeles Rams, Brant. Um, Cooper's going to be 31 years of age at the start of next football season. Um, you know, he, uh, he finished as the wide receiver 40 overall in PPR formats this year. I know, I know he missed time, but guys, that's another part of why you move off from a guy like Cooper cup. He missed time. He's only had two seasons in his entire career of playing a full slate of football. The, the problem is Brant and the biggest reason that I think Cooper cup is a is a sell to me. Puka Nakua, right? 
who just like we talked about with DJ Moore, there's going to be another wide receiver come to town. Who ended up being maybe one of the steals of the NFL draft last year? An absolute stud, probably going to win rookie of the year. If he doesn't, CJ Stroud's going to, which CJ deserves it, but so does Puka. Puka's probably the number one in that offense at this point. Number two, maybe Kyron Williams moving forward. And then you get to Cooper Cup at three. Here's the other part of this equation, Brant. <clears throat> Cooper Cup, I very much the way you talked about Tyler Lock at the beginning of the show. I don't see Cooper Cup going to play for another team outside of Los Angeles. When Matthew Stafford says, hey, I'm done, I could very well see um cooper cup say the same thing that may happen really soon guys um you know I, it was talked about this offseason but you know before all the dust settled they were talking about shipping aaron donald cooper cup sean mcveigh retiring uh at, at this point last year so a lot of things can change uh in a short while but again puka nakua is by far and away just vastly more talented than any of us thought in the sh the, sh uh, the shelf life for a guy like cooper cup in a dynasty league I think is starting to dwindle. So I think there's still value based on name recognition right now, Brant, that you can get a decent return for a guy like Cooper Cup. But man, it's it's time. But we can't be we can't be hanging our hats on Cooper Cup anymore. Going, hey, um, you know, my team's this, but I have Cooper Cup. Uh, it's time to move on from him. Um, I know a lot of us are going to have a hard time. We two cup, one girly. Uh, you know, that's the team. One of the most common team names I think I ever ran across and. In fantasy football leagues, it may be time to to, to retire that cup part of it and and uh, move on and, and get with the Puka. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I'm gonna I, I went over to Cooper Cup when you brought him up, and, and here here's something that's crazy to me. And I'm gonna pull some stats. I know you and me talked about not going too deep from week week ten. I'm take that back. I'm gonna go from week eleven because week eleven he only played 27 percent of snaps. So starting week twelve, 88 percent of snaps was his lowest snap share. He has two wide receiver finishes inside the top 20, inside the top 15. He has two. He has three total inside the top 24 from week 12. Two also, if you count, wild card weekend also. He finished outside the top 24 wide receivers in wild card weekend. He played 100% of snaps at 27 yards this past weekend. Oh, let's go to week 17. 27, 27 yards, four receptions, 98% of snaps. Yeah, he's in the game, but he's not seeing the, the good volume he was. He is still seeing the target. The target share is great, but they're not good targets anymore. So Puka Nakua is he's, – he's, he's, he is the new – he's the second coming of, of Cooper Cup for that offense, and absolutely you've got to get out. The name value is still there with Cooper Cup. Oh, he's a top two-round draft pick. No, he's not. But if people still want to talk about that, then go ahead. Give me some give me some love mm -hmm. for him. He's still 30 mm -hmm. years old. So in some minds, people do still have that year or two left on him before he starts to dwindle. I think that dwindling's now sell off Cooper Cup while you can. I absolutely love that take right there. Okay. All right. Here it is. You and me talked about names. Guys, don't end this episode right now. Hear me out. Just hear me out on this. My sell right now, my big sell is Christian McCaffrey of the San Francisco 49ers. Go ahead, start roasting me. I'm willing to take this. I'll pull out some marshmallows like a normal fat guy and put it over that fire you guys want to light. 27 years old, okay? Four out of seven seasons, he's had over 30, over 300 touches total in four out of seven of his seasons. History 
is there is never in the last 10 years, could be even longer, an RB1 has repeated as your running back one. We talk about that downslide for running backs. He's at 27. He's right there on that verge. I'm not going to say that he won't finish as a top five, top 10 running back last year. He started getting banged up at the end of the year with his knee and everything else. San Fran may bring some of those carries back, so he may not get all that volume next year. Okay, I get it. He's finished as wide running back two and running back one over the last two years in PPR. But it's time to get rid of him because there will not be a sell point this high in his career again. I do not believe. Um, like I said, that volume is probably going to come back a little bit. The man is 27 years old. He started to get banged up at the end of the season. He does still have the injury history. I think they go and they win the Super Bowl this year. At least they're in it. But I think that this is the highest you will ever be able to sell Christian McCaffrey. And I'm talking, you could get a haul in a super flex. You could end up being the proud owner of a Caleb Williams in there. In a normal dynasty, you could be a proud owner of a Marvin Harrison Jr. Because there isn't anybody in this draft class that is that big of a difference maker than Christian McCaffrey. If you are still competing for a title, you hold on to Christian McCaffrey. I'm not going to tell you to sell off on him right now. But if there's any chance or you just want to start your rebuild, you have to start it now. Like you said, you don't want to be sitting there with a bunch of old guys on your roster. You have to start that rebuild now while shipping them while they're a little young still. So you get rid of that CMC right now if you want to start that rebuild. Yeah, um, so – the CMC one's tough for me, Brant, right? Because like you said, there's a lot of caveats to this. Now, the first caveat being this is the ultimate sell high. I sold Austin Eckler off after Austin Eckler had his RB1 year. It was a very, very tough pill to swallow, but I knew my team had weaknesses outside of the running back position. I knew that that was peak value for him, and it had to be done. Um, I think there's a chance with CMC because of how good CMC is, how good his landing spot was with with the 49ers this is a running back you could move brant and not just get a marvin harrison or a caleb williams this is a first overall pick a rookie pick number first round rookie pick and then some um and also i think cmc is is a obviously hot enough commodity this starts a bidding war if in your league you have an active group of guys and you have a group chat a league chat whatever it may be you can go out there and say hey listen CMC is available. Highest offer takes him. Let me know what you guys are willing to give for him. You may get somebody saying, hey, listen, I'm willing to give you player A and a second round rookie pick. Mm -hmm. And then you got another guy come over and say, hey, I'm willing to give you this player and a first round pick. You may be able to bid those guys against each other. Say, hey, listen, this is this is the offer I got. I'm thinking about taking it unless you can top it. I want to give you one more chance. Whatever. It's It's spiteful to do those things in your league. But listen, it's a dog-eat-dog world, Brian. I'm Absolutely. trying to get the best return for my money. And so if I'm selling CMC and I've got two guys bidding, I want them bidding against each other. Hey, listen, you can either own CMC or you can play against him next year. Uh, give me the assets, and then I'm going to ride it off into the sunset when he finishes his RB7 or 8 next year and be like, oh, sorry, it was a down year for him. Hopefully he bounces back. But at age 28, is he going to? I don't know. He's got a ton of carries on his, on his, on his legs, tons of – um, you know, usage. So we'll see how long CMC can hold up for and go for. But I think you're right, Brant, especially if San Fran makes a deep playoff run this year. I can see them dialing things back for CMC next year so they have them for this push again. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what that looks like next year. But you're you're 100% right. CMC would be the first ever RB1 
to repeat that uh, if he does it. And look, at, again, Austin Eckler, prime example. He does it, falls off a little bit the next year, falls off a little bit more the next year, and ultimately people are sitting there going, where's Austin Eckler? What happened? I played him in my first round you know, of playoffs and got smoked because he got 12 points. You know, so it's one of those things where, again, nobody wants to sell CMC. But sometimes it's better to do it early than late, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's time to get off him. And like you said, that, that slide for Eckler, Eckler's sitting at 28 years old right now. And we've already seen that slide the last two years for him. Yep. All right, Brent, let's talk about it. This is, this is going to be one of the, the topics of the offseason. What are we doing with Travis Kelsey? Well, I'm telling you right now, Brant, Travis Kelsey, I am selling. He is 34 years old, okay? He's not getting any younger. I know he wants to play to beat Tony Gonzalez's record, and I hope he does it at some point, even though I have mad love for Tony Gonzalez, okay? However, for the first time in recent memory, Travis Kelsey was not tight end one on the season. He also wasn't tight end two on the season, Brant. He finishes tight end three, Yeah. okay? Uh, which is not good. And here's the worst part about this, Brant, in PPR scoring, this dude left you holding the bag in your fantasy playoffs, right? Everybody wants Travis Kelsey because he's a difference maker. He's that guy who's going to go out and get you 25 points at your tight end and set you apart from your competition. Not so fast. Week 15, which for most leagues is week one of playoffs, tight end 20 finish, Brant. Should get better, right? Huh. Week 16, second round of our of our dynasty or fantasy playoffs, tight end 20. Okay. Here's the worst one. Championship week. If you somehow made your championship <laughs> game in spite of Travis Kelsey, tight end 34, Brant. That is not what anybody is owning Travis Kelsey for. But here's the thing: if he's on your roster, you gotta have him, right? You gotta put him in there because he could go back. He only scored five touchdowns last year. Do you know how low that was for Pat, or for uh, uh, Travis Kelsey? It's probably one of the worst ones, again, in recent memory. And I know that's probably part of the reason um, that he finished as low as he did on the season. But Brent, he had more drops this year than I can remember him having in recent memory. Um, you know, he, he was more frustrated at times. And then on top of that, a guy we talked about a little bit at the beginning of the show, you had this massive emergence on the scene of Rasheed Rice who was out targeting Travis Kelsey almost week in and week out down the stretch, became a very reliable target um, for Patrick Mahomes, was able to do stuff with the ball in his hands, fought for those extra yards. It became a guy Andy Reid wanted to get the ball in his hands. And then especially last week in the playoffs, Brant, I don't know if you saw it as much as I did. There was times where it was crucial situations in the game. The Chiefs had to get a first down. They had to make – Patrick Mahomes was looking Rasheed Rice's way an awful lot in those situations, and it used to be Patrick and Travis. That was the, that was the thing, right? Um, and and listen, I'm not going to sit here and make the jokes about the Taylor Swift thing and 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 saying that. But man, at 34, that production is going to take a dip, and it it's not going to come back up. And and I know this is Travis Kelsey. He's under the best one of the best coaches in football right now. He's under the, we're playing with the best quarterback in the NFL, and this is a team that's on the right. The run game picked up this year. Isaiah Pacheco proved he can carry the load, right? Rasheed Rice is, is looking good. And I wouldn't be shocked to see this, this team add another skill player because there were so many drops from guys like uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Kadarius Toney, Sky Moore. I could see them adding another skill position player, which would just take even more targets out of Travis Kelsey's hands. I'm nervous about Travis Kelsey, Brant. 
I said at the beginning of the season I wanted to punt on the tight end position if I couldn't get Travis Kelsey early. The days of taking Travis Kelsey in the top three rounds are dead. Dead and gone. Not a guy I'm taking in the first three rounds anymore. Matter of fact, this is not a guy I'm drafting at this point. I will let somebody else draft him, let somebody else worry about it. I don't know what I want would want to ship out for Travis Kelsey. I assume it would be something similar to what you could get for potentially um, you know, a CMC with, without as much, maybe a top three rookie pick. Again, maybe I'm drafting Brock Bowers. I want the next Travis Kelsey. Um, but, yeah, I'm selling high on Travis Kelsey right now, Brent. What do you think of that? I'm absolutely on board with this. How about 10 weeks? Noah Gray saw 50% or more snaps this year. We saw Noah Gray get a little more involved every single or all throughout this year. He had uh, one reception in, in the wild card. Uh, where did where did Travis Kelsey finish in week 17 in championship week? Uh, tight end 34 on the season. You want to hear something funny? Noah Gray beat him too. Noah Gray finishes 33. Just wanted to put that out there too. But Noah Gray started to be more involved. And like you said, you hit that nail on the head, and I absolutely 100% agree with you. What is one of the biggest weaknesses in Kansas City? It's their drops. Go add another wide receiver. Go add a Brock Bowers. Go add another guy that Mahomes can get the ball to. Your offense is so explosive, but you're missing that key ingredient on that offense. Well, right now, if you add another one, Travis Kelsey falls into that. Oh, I'm just a tight end on the field role almost. He's an outstanding blocker. Isaiah Pacheco's running the ball really hard. I absolutely 100% sell off Travis Kelsey. Both you and me talked about punting. I'm not sure where it was, but I believe in most redrafts. Uh, Sam Laporta, who finishes tight end one, was drafted maybe in the eighth, ninth, or tenth round. Maybe if you're reaching a little bit for him. I'm sorry, I'm putting on that tight end. I'm, get, I'm getting rid of Kelsey anywhere I can. That is not a guy that I'll be looking for next year. You might see me look for Noah Gray before I look for Travis Kelsey when it comes down to that. That that might be a little rich of a take for me on that <laughs> one. But, um, yeah, I, again, for me, it's just as simple as I, I'm going to let Travis Kelsey be somebody else's problem. That's that's where I'm at on this one. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, invest in it. I'm absolutely not buying Travis Kelsey anywhere. But, again, if I get the right, right price, Brant, um, you know, where I can go out and chase a Brock Bowers or maybe somebody's feeling froggy and they're like, hey, I didn't really love what Dalton Kincaid did this year. I'll trade you Dalton Kincaid for Travis Kelsey and I'll throw in a third round. Yeah, I'm taking Dalton Kincaid in, in the third over, over Travis Kelsey. 34 years of age. Again, if for nothing else, the shelf life on Travis Kelsey is expiring. The, the expiration date's visible at this point. It's coming, okay? He's not going to be productive forever. Sometimes you got to sell these guys early, and I want to—I know I've said that a lot, Brant, but it's—it's it, it's worth repeating over and over again. For those of you that are new, getting into the dynasty landscape, you have to be able to pivot off of players before it's too late. You hold them too long, the value's gone. You may not even be selling early on Travis Kelsey. You may be getting out of him right at the point his expiration date may have been this year, mm-hmm. um, and you may never see another top five tight end performance throughout the season from him again. Uh, it was rough to get him there this year. I'm pretty sure he had some explosion games that did get him there, but they definitely did not meet expectations. I do not believe he lives up to that tight end or uh, tight end one expectation round three draft pick. Absolutely. Sell this guy, get the most you can out of him. Okay. Well, that wraps it up for our sell high candidates, Brant. We did our, our little dynasty buys sells in a back-to-back week here. I'm sure we revisit this at some point. I do think it's probably time for us to start diving into some rookies moving forward. 
um, you know, we'll see, we'll see what next week brings as we, uh, as we were able to get together and, and do some talking here, um, probably touch base on the coaching carousel. I imagine we'll get a couple names in between now and next week as well. Um, so I think that does it for us, Brant, this week. Absolutely. Enjoy this weekend of football. It should be another good weekend. Uh, we're coming up on, 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 on the Super Bowl and I guess the Pro Bowl, if you guys want to watch it, maybe watch a little dodgeball. Uh, but yeah, it's coming up. The playoffs are here. It's time for this offseason to really start cranking. Um, we're starting to see a lot of rookie names come out and, and actually declare for the draft. Um, I think Caleb Williams was one of the biggest ones that finally did. Uh, Blake Corum came out with an amazing video thanking Michigan for his declare. Um, so absolutely it, it's time to get into these rookies and as always guys stay hungry stay fat my friends